you were so firmly on Cheryl's side because you knew she was putting the pieces together. How dare you? I was talking. The nerve. Roosters have no respect. No respect at all. Ugh. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The coolest place I have ever been is probably Dharmaville from Lost, which is actually just like a tiny summer camp for children. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the coolest place I've ever been is Shanghai, China, which is like just like all of Shanghai or Beijing, which was also cool as hell. Basically all of China. Today we have words to say about episode 112 of Riverdale, The Anatomy of a Murder. Ooh. Ooh. Fancy. So, like, right out of the way, I just want to say this is probably the best episode they've ever done. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a little worried for next week's season finale because this feels like the season finale. And it was so good. It set up everything, and I was like, I watching it, I was like, wait, is this actually the season finale? Well, I was watching um, Lily and Madeline's, they were doing an Instagram live. Um, <gasps> really? That The night that it was airing. And uh, Madeline said that when they got the script, it was 20 pages too long oh my for God. the season finale. Okay. And they shot it all and just condensed it. Wow. So this episode's going to be ridiculous. It's just going to be a whole lot. And um, also, episode MVP for acting definitely think goes to Madeline for like those, mm-hmm. those last couple minutes. Oh my God. Yeah, she was great. She's so good. All right, so we're going to get started. First, we're going to talk about all the sleuthing that happens. Oh, those teens and their sleuthing. That's Scooby and the gang. (laughs) So first of all, Veronica is clearly Daphne. Okay. Archie is Fred. Mm -hmm. Betty is Velma. And Jughead is Shaggy. That wasn't even hard. That makes Kevin Scooby. Can I just say, um, I just want to give a disclaimer for everyone that there's going to be birds in the background of this podcast because I'm in Hawaii and there's just no avoiding them. No, unfortunately not. Sorry. It'll be nice but for you. just think of it as nice ambiance while we talk about murder. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the beginning is pretty much they're already in Pops, which is interesting because they don't usually do this sort of thing where the next episode Picks up right starts off exactly one. where yeah. the, uh, the last episode ended. They don't usually do a whole lot of that, so that was interesting. But yeah, Archie's like, we can't go to the sheriff until we tell our parents and i'm like oh yeah you're teens that's like my one of my favorite lines from uh bob's burgers is when louise is doing show and tell to her class and uh they dismiss everyone for recess mm-hmm. and she goes okay guys and remember the first calls to the popo not your mom <laughs> and i feel like if everyone just listened to louise belcher the world would be a better place that's what i'm thinking literally that should be my yearbook quote. <laughs> Your retroactive yearbook quote? Yeah. If, if everyone just listened to Louise Belcher, the world would be a better place. It, honestly, iconic. So Archie, like, believes in his dad so much and says that his dad would know what to do. So there's this scene where it's, like, all the parents and all the kids, right? I'm so happy. And it's really cool because they're doing these really quick cuts 
Yeah. Which is how you know it's like a fast-paced scene and how like there's an argument going on because it's like cut to this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. Like if you rewatch it, you hardly have time to register who you just saw before they change it again. And I think the mark of a good editor is that I didn't feel dizzy when watching it. I was just like, no. okay, these perspectives are shifting in a in a way that I can keep up with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But either way, the, the parents don't really believe them. And Fred says that FP ruined Juggy's life. And he doesn't need to ruin everyone else's. And it's like, he isn't even wrong. Yeah, true. Yeah. Then later, Archie and Betty are texting and I'm like once again I've talked about how much I love when people live right beside each other so they can like send messages through the window Mm -hmm. why don't you do that because it's 2017 and how would you get the other person's attention and your phone's right there okay here's what I'm thinking you text them say look out your window (laughs) that would take so that's so extra I know but it's so cute all right Fine, whatever. Robin's like, put the effort in so that I can be entertained. That's what I'm asking. Veronica and Hermione get back to their house, and Hermione's scared, trying to, like, pack and run away. Because she says that she's guilty, you know, she's forged Veronica's signature, she's bribed, like, two different things. (laughs) Two different different things. People, I guess. People, places, and things. Yeah. But either way... After that, it's a nice example, another example of how Archie is Jughead's best friend. And he knows Mm -hmm. him really well because he knows exactly where he was going. Yeah, he knew Um, he was going to, like, try and bounce immediately. Yeah. Then Veronica calls Archie. And, like, at no point is Betty like, why is Veronica calling you? Right? What? Why would Betty not wonder that? Also, then Veronica's like, obviously he's at Pops. And it's like, maybe Veronica and Jughead really are friends. Right? It's just Jughead doesn't know it. Exactly. But that's okay, because Veronica knows how to make friends with people who don't want to be friends with her. That's how she became friends with Betty. (laughs) So, when they get to Pops, Jughead isn't wearing his hat. So, I believe that the only times we've ever seen Jughead not wear his hat is at Pops. Right? Um, he didn't have his hat on when he was having, uh, that conversation before he went to sleep with, um, Archie. Oh, well, right. that I guess that was worded ambiguously. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I mean, that's when he was about to go to sleep, so. Yeah. I guess I get that. But it just, I think that means that he feels really safe at Pops. Have you ever seen me without this hat? It's weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> so now we're trying to figure out who framed Roger Rabbit, because we just don't know. But we still don't know exactly who went and put the gun in there. Do we assume it was Clifford? I mean, I guess, but I really don't see Clifford to be the guy who does his own dirty work. Yeah. That's why, like, yeah. We I have still a lot don't of know. questions about this bag, basically. Yeah. They figure FP worked alone. There was no mention of Hiram. And yet Veronica is still, every time they say, no, there's no mention of him. This is good news. Veronica still goes, but what if this? But what yeah. if this about my dad? But what if this? It feels like Veronica doesn't want her dad back, and she doesn't want him to be innocent. She totally... I think she would love if he was guilty so that he would stay away and she and her mom could have a happy life together. I fully agree. And I would rather that happen, too, because Hiram sounds garb. Even if yeah. he didn't murder Jason, he sent her that letter, and after that letter, I'm just like, nah. Mm. Mm-mm. Yes, I recall. Archie and Veronica are holding hands under the table, 
And she even has a pearl on the little bracelet that she's wearing. Aww. So that's cute. It definitely is parts of her original necklace then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when Kevin shows up, he defends his dad and he defends Joaquin. Mm-hmm. I like Kevin. I really like that all of these kids are really ride or die for their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it may, it like, it warms my heart that all of these, the kids and their parents, except for the Blossoms, who even we see at the end of the episode, like, there's actually, like, a huge shift change there. They all have relationships that it means that their relationships with each other are more, more important than anything else in the world. Right. So, like, Kevin's gonna defend his dad no matter what. Even if Sheriff Keller, I don't think, is even that good a sheriff. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. It was a cool, like scene where he's like interrogating fp and i'm like you look they both look so badass but Mm -hmm. he's still not like the best sheriff it's like you often take tips from teenagers i want to shout out to my favorite sheriff sheriff hopper yeah he's a good sheriff the ultimate sheriff Mm -hmm. weatherby is concerned for jughead's safety sure he is so does he mean that, like, he thinks that Jughead's gonna come to school and other people are gonna try and beat him up? Well, if you listen when Jughead comes into the room before Cheryl smacks the crap out of him, there are actually people saying, like, get out. Oh. People are taunting him, so I think that there is a, My a poor child! Safety. Yeah, because it's like, how is that Jughead's fault? Yeah. Just irrational. Sad. But then again, teenagers are irrational. I know, because I used to be one of them. But either way, Archie is trying to fight for Jughead to be able to stay in school. Yeah. Because they're best friends, and I love them. And then Fred says that trouble follows those boys. Like, what What are you going to do? And he doesn't really want Archie in the middle of that. And I can't blame Fred. You can never blame Fred. Fred like, is just, like, the most rational. Exactly. And he puts Archie above everyone else, which is what you want out of, like, the best parent in the world. True, true. So even though it was kind of cold, like, Fred did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. And then Jughead says he'll sleep in the garage and it's sad. Like, what is he, the family dog? Whoa! Oh my god. That rooster is mad! Probably saw someone step into his lady. Okay. Next thing is that they go and talk to Joaquin. And... They're, like, kind of interrogating him, and Kevin goes, I'm not talking to you as your boyfriend, I'm talking to you as the sheriff's son. But I'm like, girl, wouldn't he be more open if he was talking to his boyfriend? And, like, I don't know if Kevin knows this, but being the sheriff's son doesn't come with any kind of, like, privileges or titles in terms of interrogation. At this point, even being the sheriff is not great for you. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't hold any sway whatsoever. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Yeah. So pretty much what we learn is that the basement of the White Worm is off limits. I have a question because we see in Joaquin's memory, I presume, mm-hmm. that he walks in and he and FP are standing over Jason who's lying on the ground. But when we see the video, Jason is in, in a, a chair. chair. So... I don't know. I guess I'm just not sure what happened there or if Joaquin is misremembering, but I'm not sure why they wouldn't address that or... Maybe FP untied him and laid him out so he'd be easier to carry. And that's why he called Joaquin because he was like, I can't move this kid by myself. Yeah, he like puts him on the ground and he's like, "Mm, too heavy. Mm -mm. I can't do this. Can't do it. And then Kevin says, you're a criminal. And it's sad. It is really sad. 
I love them so much. And like Joaquin is a criminal, but you know, what was their ship name? Joaquin? I think that was the one we came up with. I still like it. I still like it too. Though if we um, didn't come up with it, someone else did and they're equally as genius. Yeah, exactly. So we learned that there's this dude named Mustang who we saw a couple Mustang episodes ago Sally. when Archie was being dumb and wearing his football jacket in a bar. And then they mentioned some rich guy. It's so called fashion, Robin. Sorry. Yeah. Boy, who do you think the rich guy is? Okay, so they go to Mustang's place, and he's dead in the bathtub. He is dead AF. So do you think that he did commit suicide, or do you think he did it? He died by accident? I really think that someone murdered him. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. That would be really, really convenient if he uh, died by overdose. Yeah. Agreed. And, like, considering the fact that they made it look like Jason Drown or tried to make it look like Jason Drown, I just... I think it's too convenient. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. Um, either way, when they find the dead guy, Joaquin's like, I can't be here, and Kevin goes with him. So, like, they're not totally... Like, we see them later, and they're okay, you know? No, I think there's some very real feelings there, and I think Kevin understands that Joaquin was in a really difficult position. Yeah. Also, every time I go to talk about the serpents, I call them the one-eyed snakes, which is also <laughs> the gang from Bob's Burgers. Which is actually from the oh, same Brittany. episode where the first calls to your popo, not your mom. So, like, in general, I'm just in a Bob's Burgers headspace. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sheriff Keller thinks that Mustang was involved in the murder, which we know is sort of true. Yeah, he was definitely there, bef like, before it. Um, and he's like, how did you know that he was here? And then they just don't answer and we never know how they got themselves out of that one. Be like, oh, um, Scooby told us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's probably why Sheriff Keller is still not that good at his job. Because <laughs> he doesn't actually get anyone to answer anything? Yeah, be like, um, why are you at the apartment of, like, a dead guy? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So now, Sheriff Keller finally has a colleague. Like, <gasps> someone comes up and says, Sheriff. And oh, she yeah. looks like she's 12, but she <laughs> she's there. She was nice. So they found all this money, and it says HL on it, which stands for Hiram Lodge. Then they get into the truck, and Fred's like, I'm trying to protect you, Archie. And then Archie kind of cries, and it's sad. Okay, but, like, talk to me about this case. Are they just conveniently keeping Jason's murder jacket? Wait, is this a different case from the one the jacket was in? Yeah, because the one the jacket was in is, at this point, still um, over by the, the Blossom Maple Syrup sign. Okay, so, like, someone is clearly trying to frame Hiram Lodge for this, right? Hey, question. Wasn't there a bag in, like, the first or second episode that Hermione got filled with filled with money that said HL that's on it? Same, that's the same bag. That's why it says Hiram Lodge on it. HL. Okay. So, like, why so, all of a sudden does this one random serpent have it? Because it was Hermione's. Because well, Hermione had it. Well, it was delivered to Hermione, and she opened it, and it was full of money that she was supposed to use to bribe to get the drive-in money or the drive-in like land. So like, why does this one random serpent all of a sudden just have this bag full of money? Yeah, cause she didn't give, she didn't give FP the bag of money. She just gave him no, she the did. money. She oh, she gave him the actual bag? Wait, did she hand FP the bag? I didn't think so. Hang on. Okay. What episode was out. it in where she paid him off? It was the drive-in one. Okay. 
whenever I need to like go find something, um, I go to screen caps and I just search through the screen caps. So give me a second. Nice. Okay, so <laughs> this must be the continuity error because Hermione hands FP a paper bag full of money. Yeah, that's what I thought. So how the hell? So someone's trying to frame Hiram Lodge. But how did either it, that or like I'm sitting here thinking that Hermione gave it to to that guy and that's why Hermione's crying is because they found her bag or something I don't know. But like, why would she be paying someone? I don't know. Like Hermione. I, yeah, I think this is an issue. Hermione is guilty of something. It's just like, what the hell is she guilty of? Exactly. I'm nervous. So what we've established is that that bag was there for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Joaquin and Kevin are saying, Joaquin's going, you should make your friends stop. And Kevin's like, I've been trying to do that for 13 years. <laughs> like, have you met them? She, he says, you don't know them, and I guess I don't know you. And it's sad. But it doesn't last long because then they're back together again, pretty much. Okay, so, did you catch the little thing that they did in this scene? Maybe? Okay, the bus that... Joaquin is getting on is headed for Citrusville, Florida. No! Uh, it's headed for San Junipero! Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Explain. It's it's from that Black Mirror episode about the two women who fall in love um, in a place called San Junipero. Mm. And I cannot tell you the ending because you have to watch it. It's amazing. But it's basically, okay. like, the thing that really helped a lot of LGBT viewers in 2016 because it was one thing that ended with two happy women in a relationship where neither of them got shot. Looking at you, every other show from 2016. <laughs> so that was, like, one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. But also, like, San Junipero isn't, like, a real city, so, like, this was, like, kind of, like, a nod to the Black Mirror They episode. did that twice. Because, they yes, um, they said Jughead's going to Citrusville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some research on that, and that's actually a fictional town that's in, um, the Marvel Universe. Oh, really? Who, who um, lives there? Yeah, uh, hi, this was in a different thing. Um, the Man Thing. The, the Man Thing. That's what it was called. That is a Marvel character I've never heard of. No, me neither, but either way, it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole comic universe that takes place in Citrusville, Florida, but it doesn't actually exist. Oh, I love these little nods to, like, the fact that Riverdale does not exist in our universe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to, uh, Joaquin's going somewhere safe, because that's where the gays are. Yay! Yay! And he says he's gonna miss him. I'm and gonna it's miss like, him. Go with him. Yeah, go with him. Escape this horrible town where people die. Yeah, I just love them both. Yeah. They're my babies. I really like their relationship. I hope they, like, bring it back in season two. Me too, me too. They did a really good job with them, I think, for the amount of screen time that they got, which was not a lot. Yeah, because I remember when we were complaining about the fact that suddenly he, Joaquin was his boyfriend, and we were like, where was that? Yeah. Which I still wish we would have got. Yeah, I'm still spicy I'm still about happy. that, for sure. But I'm glad that they gave them some kind of, like, closure here and that Joaquin did not die. Mm-hmm. Because I was worried. So then Joaquin gives him another clue, and then they find the bag over by the sign. You know, Veronica comes in, and she's just like, now we have proof that he was working for my dad. And I'm like, yeah, you're so happy now, huh? It's like, Veronica, I love you, but please don't be that tweet from Bird Tweets, or Bird's Rights Activist, which is, I am feel uncomfortable when we are not about me. <laughs> Veronica, it's not about you. Veronica, please. Veronica, I love you, but it's not about you. 
Betty's like, Archie, put on this jacket. And he's like, I'm uncomfortable. I really okay. like the continued, like, theme they have of Archie being just eerily close to who Jason was. Yeah. So then there's a hole in the pocket. Betty's like, I always lose my chapstick in there. And Veronica's like, yeah, and my fancy pen. And it's like, I'm Veronica. Yeah. And then they're like, Nancy Drew strikes again. And it's cute because Nancy Drew. And so I wonder I if Nancy Drew lives in a different alternate universe. She probably does. But I have a question for you. Okay. Who the hell put that USB drive in Jason's jacket? My thought is FP. I thought that too, but why would FP do that? Because he says, here's our contingency plan if everything goes bad. So if FP gets caught, then that's when Joaquin comes in and says, here you go. Now you know it's not Joaquin. Wapow. But then it went to crap because Clifford ended up being like, I'm gonna kill your son if you don't confess. And then he's like, forget about the plan, Joaquin. See, now, if FP were a smart criminal, he would split his evidence up into two different locations. Mm, true, true. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I would make a good criminal or something. <sighs> okay, you heard it here first, folks. If Robin dies, you know who did it. <laughs> just kidding. Um. <laughs> <coughs> here I go. There she go. So they find the USB stick and they watch it and they don't show us, which is, it works nicely. I loved it. I get it. I was so frustrated, but I was so happy that I was frustrated because yeah. I, I didn't know whether or not they were going to show us, but I knew if they did show us, I could go back and watch that scene and be floored at the acting from all of those kids. Man, more crime in, in Kihei today, huh? Listen. Yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't even have, I don't even have an excuse. I don't know what's going on. I'm not Can't even cry on and take a break. Street. I'm in a quiet little neighborhood. <laughs> so then Alice shows the mayor and Sheriff Keller. What we actually see in the video is Mustang has him tied up and is taunting Jason. And then Clifford finds the ring and kills Jason. But of course, he's not just killing Jason because of the ring. So the whole thing is, why did Cliff do that? I still would love to know the answer to that. Yeah, and I don't think we're supposed to know yet anyway. I kind of low-key wonder, like, did the writers change their mind halfway through the season and realize that, the, like, it wasn't actually about Jason and Polly at all? What makes you think that? I don't know. It just feels kind of like... It feels kind of odd to me that all of a sudden it's not about Jason and Polly and the babies and it is about the business. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. started setting it up in the um, maple tapping episode where everyone was realizing, like, Cheryl should have been, you know, the true heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very well done. It's just, it kind of makes me wonder if that was a decision that was made late in the game or not. Yeah, I remember when I thought Polly was dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so lastly in this storyline, Veronica's really sorry that she accused Hiram, but that still doesn't explain why that bag was with Mustang or if it was a different HL, I don't know. But either way, he's coming home. Great. Yay. And also Archie is staying and not going to Chicago. I mean, that's probably a good decision, but I'm sad to see Molly Ringwald go because she fit mm -hmm. this universe so well and I needed more of her. Yeah. Because it's really cool to see Molly Ringwald mm -hmm, <laughs> on a CW mm -hmm. show. She was great too. She was so good. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about the Coopers. This the is my quotation marks with in Coopers. quotations. 
I love how they were like, we gotta pick a new name. Let's pick Cooper. <laughs> like, which one sounds the least like Blossom? So this storyline's pretty small, so we can just like skip through it. But either way, first of all, Betty is sleeping and there are sounds downstairs and she sleeps in her ponytail. Like, girl, please give your hairline a break. If you wear it that tight, your hairline will start to recede. And also, like, it hurts when you wear a ponytail for too long. Also, like, don't you want to sleep on your back sometimes? Right? Like, even if you have to, like, turn over to your the other side of you, then, like, it's still, you have to, like, lift up your head. So, like, it just makes no sense. At least sleep with it in a bun, girl. Love yourself. Yeah. True, true. I mean, Alice sleeps with her hair, like, messily styled. She's not all about that. Oh my gosh. Everyone's hair is like, they're all waking up in the middle of the night and all of their hair is gorgeous. You know what I look like when I wake up in the middle of the night? A swamp not monster. No, I, I don't look good. No, me neither. That's just like, that was the thing that I couldn't stop thinking about during this episode is everyone just like jumped up to go investigate things. And I'm like, I would need a minimum of 20 minutes to make sure like my hair and makeup were done and that I had the proper attire on. Yeah, if, if something scary was happening in my house, I would probably just, um, be terrified. Oh my god, no, I would, I would be Betty. I would immediately go see what was going on. But I'd bring a weapon. I would be Alice. I, yeah, yeah, I would be Alice. I would have a gun. Okay. I think I'm Hal. <laughs> you're the I'm one I'm the one doing in? the rummaging. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, except you're probably just rummaging for snacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny after they figured out it was Hal, and they all just went, Ah, this guy. Hal! What? <laughs> but don't now. Okay, but question. Did Hal say shoot Alice or don't shoot Alice? I think he said don't shoot Alice. I don't remember him saying shoot. Because, like, I heard him say shoot Alice and I was like, Hal, do you want her to kill you? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? That was dark. No, he said don't shoot. All right. But I did want to point out something. Um, Hal is still wearing his wedding ring. Gross. I hope they get divorced. <laughs> Just saying. Um, he doesn't deserve Alice. He pretty much says, I broke into Sheriff Keller's house because uh, there's a connection between us. And it turns out that Betty and Polly and Jason and Cheryl are all third cousins. Gross. Remember when we thought it was about incest and then it turned out to be about incest, but not between the people we thought it was? Yeah. Why is it always incest? I still think, I still think that Penelope and, and uh, Cliff are incestual. Okay, but bit. probably. 100% I Because she was, like, all about, like, oh, there's nothing more pure than a pure blossom child. And I'm like, ew, how related yeah. are you two? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I was saying last episode, is that, like, it's a small town, and ginger people are not super, like, common. Yeah. Honestly. So the fact that Mary and all the blossoms aren't related is weird. Yep. So there's that. Except the Coopers all wound up blondes. I, that must be some strong genes from Alice's side. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's why Hal wanted Polly to have an abortion. But it's like, and wow, things would have been so much easier if Hal had just told everyone this from the beginning. Exactly. So they're like, we got to go get Polly now. So they go. Okay. So if all of them are third cousins, that makes Hal and Clifford second cousins. I assume first so. First of all. Yeah. Then, purely blossom, and, and Clifford says the phrase middle-class morality, and Oof. I'm like, ugh, okay. Do you think, think that, okay, I don't think so, but do you think that 
Penelope knew that Clifford killed Jason. Hell no. No, I definitely don't think so either. Especially because now that I think about it, Penelope's the only one who was crying last episode about I Jason. Think Penelope knew about whatever is going about on. About the drugs and stuff. The business, yeah. But yeah. that's as much as she knew. Mm-hmm. And, like, I certainly don't think Penelope's a good mom, but I don't think Penelope would murder her own child. No, I definitely don't think so. Because it's clear that she deeply loved both of them, even if she loved them in a very detached, weird way. First of all, I'm just... I keep saying first of all as if I haven't talked about five other things already. (laughs) Polly's stuff. They're just leaving all of Polly's stuff? I mean, I guess. Alice brings up Dr. Moreau. And Mm -hmm. this is a really, really big theme, really big symbol in Orphan Black. Yeah. Because it's all about eugenics and genetics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much it was published in 1896, and it's by H.G. Wells, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, like, this book is even really prevalent. Like, even the book as itself is really prevalent in the series of Orphan Black. Like, they have the book and they talk about it all the time. Yeah. But, like, it, it, the themes of it are kind of, like, pain, cruelty, moral responsibility, human identity human interference with nature. He's pretty much, like, torturing animals and humans and putting them together. It's gross. That sounds, um, pleasant. Mm-hmm. But that also does, it's like, it, that's a huge thing with Orphan, Orphan Black. Like, it's like yeah. the basis for, like, where most of Orphan Black's themes come from. Mm-hmm. And so with this one, it's, like, gross, incestual, eugenical creation, I guess? Yeah. yeah. I'm just uncomfortable in many ways. Mm-hmm. Also, if I were Polly, I'd be like, oh my god. You're like, I gotta go. Can I launch a complaint, though? Mm-hmm. So, we're told Polly was kind of like a rebel, right? Polly broke all the rules. Like, when Betty dressed up as Dark Betty, we were supposed to kind of, like, they pulled a strong parallel between, like, Dark Betty and Polly. Yeah. But every single time we see Polly, she just looks like a goody two-shoes. Yeah. She doesn't really have any rebellious traits. Theory. Yeah. Maybe Jason lied about the stuff he did with Polly so that he could get more points in the book. I mean, maybe, but Polly still wound up pregnant. You're right. And, like, she was pregnant, like, behind everyone's back. So I'm just, I'm very puzzled as to Polly's identity here. Theory? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think this happened to her if she's now like this because, like, she doesn't seem super different because Betty treats her the same and everything, but she did spend a lot of time with all those nuns. I don't think they had any influence on her whatsoever. I don't think so either, and I hope not. No, I really don't. Like, I know she was in the belly of the beast, so if, like, if anything... I'm just trying to make sense of this. I know, but, like, it is something that deeply confuses me about Polly. Yeah, me too. But I'm glad she's back at home at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing in this storyline is just that Polly's home now, and apparently the babies are healthy, so that's good. Like, okay, but they're, like, gonna have some serious issues. Yeah. They're gonna grow up evil redheads. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Now we're gonna talk about the Blossoms. First of all, the first thing that we see is that all of them are around the breakfast table, I assume, and they have the newspaper that says that FP was apprehended. Mm-hmm. They're reading it, and it's the Riverdale Register. Did you see who's on the byline of that? No. Yeah, who's on the byline? Do you know? No, I was wondering, like, is it Hal or is it Alice? Oh, I assume it's Hal, just because Alice doesn't work there anymore, right? Yeah, no. Also, Alice has been pretty busy actually trying to solve this case instead of just, you know. Yeah. 
hanging around. But about. here's my thing is that, like, I don't think they, I mean, I feel like this is the only newspaper, so this is the only way they get their news, but, like, I mean, how kind of the Blossoms to pay for the Riverdale Register when they <laughs> hate the Coopers. Oh, that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Support your local so, newspapers, people. Journalism yeah. is dying. We need help. So Polly is wearing red, of course. I'm just going to keep pointing out when people wear red. And you noticed that Polly is wearing the same choker as Veronica has. The exact same choker mm-hmm. with the hanging pearl. I'm yeah. very confused as to why that was happening. I can't help but think that the costume department was like, this is nice. I mean, like that or it's signaling that she's about to move back into the other world. Right. Okay. I don't know. Polly says, really, it was him and not... Who? So Who? Did she think it was Clifford? Because if so, Polly is smart. Well, I mean, she definitely thought that it was one of the Blossoms in the first place. So, like, Polly yeah. cracked this case before anyone else. But, like, who was she going to say? Mm-hmm. Who was it? I don't know. Robin, who but was it? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you have the answers to my questions? Because I haven't watched the season finale yet. Okay. Clifford says, listen, I went to the station and I looked him in the eye and now we can all start over and it's great. And I'm like, yeah, you went to the station. Sure, Jan. Yeah, you did. Garbage head. Ugh, garbage head with the worst wig in the whole world. Jughead shows up to school and apologizes to Cheryl. And even though I saw the trailer, I completely forgot about it. But when she stood up, I thought, she's going to hug him. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. thought so Even too. though I had seen the trailer and I knew, and I totally forgot. But, like, that's all I wanted. Yeah. I was so excited. And then I was like, nope, that's not what I wanted. Well, because I briefly forgot, like, who Cheryl was as a person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she'd hug him. And then I was like, no, Brittany, she wouldn't. She would never do that. Yeah. But either way, he just stands there and takes it. Because he feels like he deserves it. Yep. And then he gets suspended, I think, right? Uh, they're, they, like, basically recommend that he go to school at home. Yeah. And it's like, do you know- But I'm like, what home, Weatherby? Yeah! Like, Weatherby is actually really not overly concerned with, uh, Jughead's well-being past get him out of the school and out of Mm -hmm. everyone's hair. Betty goes to Cheryl, and she says, I barely touched him, and I'm like, well, he was bleeding, so. Nice try, Cheryl. Yeah, nice try. Um, and she's like, everyone's always, like, hugging me and telling me how great this is, and she doesn't really feel like it. And I'm like, look at these third cousins. They're hanging related! Out. Oh, boy, that Being kills friends. my ship, I guess. I guess, sorry. Oh man. The next thing is that Cheryl is, like, questioning Penelope about what happened. And I Penelope... loved that. It was crazy. That was really cool, because it was, like, Cheryl... Again, like, Cheryl's had a very back-and-forth personality the whole season where we're mm-hmm. not 100% sure who she's going to be episode to episode, but here it was just, you were so firmly on Cheryl's side because you knew she was putting the pieces together. <laughs> How dare you? I was talking! <laughs> the nerve! Roosters have no respect! No respect at all. Ugh. Penelope, like, hurts her and takes her to the barn, and she's like, here's all the maple syrup, and you're like, okay. Like, I tweeted, was I was like, is this, this a revelation? I'm confused. Like... What was the point of taking her into the barn? She must have shown her what was in the barrels. Yeah. I I guess, I suppose. Because, like, no shade, but maybe little shade. No one makes that much money off of maple syrup, so I don't know who the Blossoms think they are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it's, like, behind me. Oh. Yeah, it's on the patio. Cute. Yeah. Okay, continuing. Um, So then after watching the video, Betty calls Cheryl and tells her to get out. You know, you're like, ooh, which one is it? 
And then as soon as Cheryl stands by Penelope's side, you know exactly who it was. That was so cool. Yeah. It was because a really the, cool moment. The low-key theme of this season is mothers and daughters. Yeah. You know, like, or it, it's, of course, like, parents and their kids, especially single parents and stuff. Like, again, there's, yeah. like, no functioning relationship on this show. Mm-hmm. But... I loved the alignment of these two women against this horrible dude who isn't actually really a redhead. Right. Like, it's like an interloper, and they are the true queens. We're like, you're supposed to be the big blossom. And you're not. And you don't, you're not even a redhead. You're fake. You're fake news. Jughead's asking, why did Clifford do it? No one knows yet, and he's the only one who could tell us, and... I'm just kidding. Unfortunately, he has killed himself, and... Oh, how awesome was the moment where they drove up and both of the ladies just pointed. Pointed. That was cool. Okay, so, two questions okay. for you. Okay. One, do you think Hal killed himself, or do you think they basically coerced him into hanging himself? Oh, um, I thought he killed himself. Okay, because they knew he was hanging in there. So do you think yeah. they watched it happen? I mean... M- what I originally thought was just that he went over to the barn, and since he's their family, they didn't try and stop him. Um, so he was so, just like, I'm going to the barn, and they were like, okay, f- have fun? Yeah, or like, I assumed that they thought that maybe he was going to the barn, trying to hide up, like, hide all the things, like, all the drugs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then maybe even running, but they weren't going to stop him because they love him. Okay. Or slash. So, like, I didn't even they think didn't see that face. maybe it was their fault or anything. Okay. I didn't even think that. Did you? Okay. Um, I did. I did, like, I think a really dark, cool thing would be if, like, they just stood there and watched him and would be like, do what you have to do. Oh, because they're still on his side? No, because, like, they want to watch him be punished for killing Jason. Like, oh. I think the love there is completely gone. Um, but yeah, my... I, I didn't think that at all. <laughs> okay. My second question is... What the hell is the actual family secret? I assumed it was all the drugs. Okay. So here's where this falls the hell apart. Okay. Is if Jason wasn't really into the whole selling drugs thing and wasn't about that life, why did he go to FP and offer to sell drugs? (laughs) Well, I mean, here's my thought then. Is that Jason goes to FP and says, I need to get away from my family. And FP's like, okay, well, do you want to sell some drugs? And he's like, well, I mean, no, but I'd rather sell drugs for you than for my whole family for the rest of my life. Which is okay, fine. But Mm -hmm. why didn't he just steal some of the family drug supply and bounce and sell that? My next thought is because he didn't know where he could find a buyer and didn't know where to go, and the serpents had someone who was going to buy it already? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I like your explanation, so I'm going to go with that one for now. Thanks. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, our last storyline. We're just bouncing right through this one. Yes, we are, but we're, we're having like, a good time. This is the season finale. We're like, I'm this is basically a- the season finale. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. And it's not. The penultimate episode, to me, is always the better episode than the finale, so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by this. You know what that reminds me of? What? Season three, end of, end of season three on Lost, where the season three finale is incredible. It's called Through the Looking Glass, and it's amazing. Oh my god, so but good. The episode before the season three finale is called Greatest Hits, and it's, in my opinion, mm-hmm. one of the best episodes of the series. Exactly. <sighs> season three had all of the really good episodes. 
Man, like, honestly, most people say that season three wasn't that great, but I think, like, season three as a whole was maybe kind of shaky, but if you look at specific episodes in season three and you look at them, like, just to, like, just as an episode, it's like, th- that's it. Yeah. Which there, is interesting. Like, there's so many good, there's so much good stuff in season three. Which is, like, really interesting to me, because when you look at the show, like, The 100, I don't think of it in terms of individual episodes. It's, like, which season had the right. strongest season. Because mm-hmm. don't, for me, like, The 100 doesn't actually have individual episodes. They're just one big, long, serialized movie in a way that even most serialized shows aren't. Right. So, like, if you ask me what my favorite episode of The 100 is, I don't know. Because I just know what my mm. favorite season is. Which is? Uh, season two. Mm-hmm. It could have been season three with the AI slash Battlestar Galactica plotline, but <clears throat> <clears throat> rest in peace, Lex and Lincoln. Anyway, um, okay, our last storyline is just about Jughead and FP and confessions and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Jughead has bought a ticket to Toledo to go and see his mom and Jellybean, and for some reason, his mom's like, "Nah, you can't come." So, huh? Jughead's mom is garbagey. Thoughts? Explain to me. That makes no sense. Nope. I, like, I genuinely can't think of one reason why she's not letting him come. Like, does she not like her son? Does she not want him around? I don't get it. Like, I don't think she even keeps in contact with him, right? She keeps in, he, like, he keeps in contact with Jellybean. I guess. So, what the hell? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Do you think that she knew about FB's involvement with the serpent slash Jason's death? Maybe, but, like, if she did, then, like, I would Speak think by up. all means, please come see me. Yeah. I can raise you better than him. Exactly! Mm-hmm. So, I wanna, instead... I want to know the reason. So he cries about it, and I'm very sad, because... You listen, as much as Cole Sprouse annoys me as a person sometimes... He nailed and, this And a, a lot of people are saying that he can't act, honestly. Some people are. I know. And, like, I think that this episode was a really good example of why he can. Yeah, he's a great um, crier. He is a great crier, mm-hmm. and something that is really difficult with crying scenes is the lead up to it because you have to do it over and over again mm-hmm. and it's easy to cry when you've just cried but you have to like act as though it's the you're crying for the first time all day you know okay so he's really good at making the climb up to crying that sounds really hard it is hard okay especially when you're me and your face gets really red when you cry <laughs> because then people are like are we ready to go for another take and you're like um I look like I've been crying for years. Can I get some ice and some concealer, please? Yeah, exactly. But either way, he's like, can I get a new bus? I'll go wherever. I don't care. And I guess he missed his bus, but whatever. And he's going to Citrusville, Florida, which we kind of talked about. She and says the lobby's Florida, closed, and I'm so. like, Jughead, go to Disney World. <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Florida, hello. Go. Okay, so FP confesses. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought when he was talking about Jason and stuff, when we saw Jason, like, talking, I thought, oh, are we going to hear Jason talk? But I'm like, should have known better. I don't think we'll ever hear Jason talk. Me neither. Which, at this point, I've not only made peace with, but I've started to like. Yeah. Because I guess Jason is basically, it's not so much about who Jason was as a person, but the idea of Jason and, like, what his death brings to Riverdale. Is this first part true? Is this part about Jason and the drugs and the station wagon true? Yeah, I really think it is. Because, I mean, he had the station wagon, right? Well, that's the thing, is that you need to 
take it's like Reichenbach Fall. It's the mm-hmm. season two finale of Sherlock. Moriarty's making up all these things about yeah. Sherlock, and the reason why people are believing it is because they're embedded in truths. Mm-hmm. So well, that's why Cliff was like, people will believe this because half of it's true. Exactly. There's just enough puzzle pieces to put together where it's like, okay, well, this makes sense nicely. Which Alice later says, like, okay, this makes too much sense now. Exactly. She's like, this yeah. is too perfect. This is too easy. Then he says, uh, then I realized it was Clifford Blossom's son. And I think it's real, like, I don't know. If Clifford Blossom said, hey, don't bring me into this or else I'll kill your son, I wouldn't even bring, I wouldn't even say Clifford Blossom's name. Yeah. I would be like, like he um, even said his name. I was like, that's too, I don't know him. too much. But also, like, it might be more obvious if, like, you don't say his name. Okay, I have an in- either an inconsistency or just something that might be a little confusing. Go, girl. So, FP says, he stashed the car, I don't know where. And then, like, two sentences later, he says, and then I, and then I, um, blew up the car. Or, and so, then I set the car on fire. maybe someone else set that car on fire. I mean, he had the jacket, though. But someone could have brought him the jacket. Someone yeah, like I guess Joaquin or something. Yeah, because, like, here I'm thinking, like, oh, he didn't know where he stashed it at the time, but then he followed Jughead and Betty and then found it. But then I thought it was weird sentence structure to say, I don't know where. Because, like, if you I think about it, where at the why time. was FP following Jughead in the first place in that episode? Yeah. I like, can't what motivation recall. did he have to follow Jughead? I think that was the one that when they, when Polly broke out of the... Yeah. The thing. So, yeah, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't know. See see what I mean where I'm not 100% sure that they had the storyline figured out because all these little holes are appearing. Yeah. So he's pretty much saying I'll hold it, his son for ransom. And do you think that's true? No. I don't feel like any of this is true now. I think Clifford had FP kidnap Jason. Okay. Because, like, I think Clifford knew at some point that Jason had gone to FP and said, grab him. Right, because he did say as soon as he left Cheryl, I grabbed him. Exactly. So, so, like, I think Clifford knew the whole time what the plan was. Okay. Then he confesses to uh, stealing the files and which everything. Which he did not do. Which he didn't do for sure. So that already gave me the hint that not all of this is true because we know that one thing definitely is not true. Jughead uh, has been talking to Weatherby and is saying like, I've been waiting for him to do the right thing my whole life. FP's just been a garbagey dad his whole life. Yeah. But he made up for it when it counted. Mm -hmm. When you were watching this episode though, like did you like get the inkling that yeah, it wasn't FP at all? I got the inkling that some of like the the smaller things might be true. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially because Joaquin said that FP was there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching it um, with my sister and my cousin, uh, my cousin had read the AV Club review, so she kind of knew what was going to happen. But my sister had no clue, and I had already watched it. And Mm -hmm. she's sitting there, and she sees FP start confessing to stuff. And, like, she doesn't, like, she just watches TV as a viewer. And she's like, oh, well, FP's covering for someone. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, he's protecting someone. Like, clearly he's protecting someone. Probably Jughead. And I'm like, what? Did, how did you get there that fast? <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> She's smart cookie. Um, I have a question, though. Mm-hmm. Jughead was saying, like, you were reading my manuscript because you wanted to make sure I wasn't on to you. So now I'm thinking he was reading the manuscript to make sure that 
He wasn't on to Clifford? Yeah, he needed to know how close Jughead was to figuring it out. But he didn't actually, like, Jughead wasn't threatened until after he was arrested, right? No, but I think the whole thing is, like, the farther he could keep Jughead away from the whole situation, the better. Right, okay. And like, Oh, yeah, because now he knows what Clifford's capable of. Exactly, like, he, he watched Clifford commit murder, right? So it's like, he knew the entire time that he had to keep Jughead and Betty and everyone away from the murder as much as possible. Remember when Alice said, you know what I'm capable of? Because now, like, all of those things were, like, meant to be red herrings, but it's like, damn, girl, what did you do? Yeah. Okay, so Mary has lawyered up and has pretended to be FP's lawyer, but he never budged from his story, and his only call was to Joaquin DeSantos. Because he was uh, protecting Joaquin, which is dope. Yeah. So now Jughead has gone to talk to FP, and he really thought he was better with, like, the cleaning and, and everything, and then FP says never come back, and Jughead knows what what he's up to. I really like that scene. Something seemed kind of off about Jughead. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, first of all, how much did you laugh when Jughead was like, why did you do this? Like, are you sorry for what you did? And FP's like, I'm sorry I got caught. And I was like... Is that what FP thinks you're supposed to say? Like, <laughs> did he get that from a movie? He's like, I That's know what the cool guys say, right? Yeah, like, he's like, I know how to sound like a tough guy. I'm just sorry I got caught. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so you are a Scooby-Doo villain. I have a symbolism thing slash an imagery thing. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Yeah. Okay, so when a character... Okay, so this is usually a symbolic thing. When a character has something obstructing the middle of their face, and you can see half of their face on each side of the thing. Uh-huh. First of all, it reminds me of Mulan. Second of all, it means that they're not telling the truth or that they have two faces. <gasps> Dude, so, that's brilliant! So, when he, um, when he did that, I was just like, see, now everyone who knows film symbol, <laughs> everyone who has, like, a, a good knowledge of film symbolism can tell that he's not telling the truth because that that's like a symbol that directors would do to make sure that you know that either they're not telling the truth or they're hiding something. Well, they didn't teach us that screenwriting school, but now <laughs> I kind of love it. Yay. Okay, so Jughead's like, my dad's a really bad liar, so I know that he's not <laughs> telling the truth. Um, he is a bad liar, though. All of the, the names on their bulletin boards, they can take off Hal and they can take off Hermione. So now all that's left is Hiram and the Blossoms. And it's like, oh, I wonder which one is it going to be? The characters we know or the character we've never met? Yeah. And then, yeah, Alice is like, this is a little too obvious for me. And I'm like, yes, Alice, please continue to contribute to the plot more. <laughs> and then we learn that Cliff threatened Jughead. Either way, FP's still charged with a whole bunch of things and so he has to stay imprisoned. Which, I, I mean, like, makes sense. Like, he did, like, move and desecrate a dead body. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions still. Hmm. Like, those are all my notes, but I still have questions. Like what? Like, okay, so in the video, we see Mustang, and we see Clifford. So at what point, like, first of all, what was Mustang saying to him? Mustang Second of all, Sally. Clifford goes... Hey, I'm gonna shoot you now. And as soon as he's done shooting him, he turns around and says, FP, clean this up. Or what? Like, why Why was FP a part of this? And then FP's like, well, I can't clean it up myself. First of all, where's Mustang? Second of all, how did Joaquin know that Mustang had a, like, knew that it was a part that, that, how, how did, 
how did Joaquin know that Mustang knew about the murder if he wasn't there? Why was Joaquin his first call for help? Why, like, why was he lying on the ground when he was supposed to be in a chair? I, I just have a lot of questions. Yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies here. Yeah. I think, Also, like- sorry. <laughs> why did Hiram have the bag there? What was he paying him for? Why is Hiram being let go if they found something that incriminates him? Yeah, like, how? that's a really big question, is why is Hiram being let out of prison? Mm-hmm. Especially because... Rude. Um, didn't Hermione and Veronica, they testified on his behalf, yes? Yes. So that's probably why he's being let out of prison? Right. But I don't know why he would be let out of prison early for just that. Yeah, because here's the thing. is like, I think it was last episode where she said, he's getting a lighter sentence. He'll be out in a couple months because we testified. So I'm like, what's, what changed so that they're like, oh, you can come out right now because he's still guilty. Yeah, like, who did he bribe slash, you know, does it have anything to do with Clifford? Because yeah. Clifford's the one who got him arrested, so... Oh, Yeah. Does that play a role, or are the two things unrelated? Hmm. Don't know. We'll see. Now it's time for our segment. So my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. And my segment is, um, did Jughead eat a burger? And it's like, no, because he was really busy. He was really busy, but he had some coffee. He did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just busy with the whole maybe my dad's a murderer thing, so... Yeah. I'm telling you, if the last shot of the season isn't Jughead eating a burger... Pupset. I tell ya, I'm gonna, I am gonna be Pupset. Mm-hmm. Alright, now it's time for our Best Line Awards. So, my Best Line Award goes to Veronica this week, and that's for... It's a trailer with literally one closet. <laughs> and from my Best Line Award, it goes to Cheryl for... You did a bad thing, Daddy. Cause like, and everyone who announces, knows. yeah, like who announces that they know about a murder by saying that? <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do here is Robin has a book of Mad Libs, and we decided that we wanted to do themed Mad Libs on both of our podcasts. So Robin is going to prompt me with uh, whatever grammar thing I need to give her, and then we are going to make the world's most awkward and worst Mad Lib out of it. The most Riverdale Mad Lib ever. Yeah, it's going to be Riverdale themed. All right, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, plural noun. Houses. Noun. Brooch. You know why. (laughs) Verb. Running. Type of food. Oh, milkshake. Plural noun. Mm, Guns. And another one? Uh, Trailers. Adjective. Um, menacing. Nice one. Thank you. Plural noun. Why are there so many plural nouns? Girl, I don't know. Um, um, cloaks. Verb. Um, <laughs> can we make murdering in there? Yeah. Yes! Um, Mur- murdering or murder, whichever Oh, I think, fits. I think, can I change your, um, uh, your running to run and your murdering yeah. to murder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, type of liquid. Oh, crap. Change milkshake to burger and change liquid to milkshake. Okay. Part of the body, plural. Uh, hands. Hands. Article of clothing, plural. Oh, wow. I already did that with cloaks. Um, uh, pearls. Adjective. Mm, pretty. Adverb. Ostentatiously. All right. I hope I spelled that right. Adjective. What's a, what's a good Riverdale adjective? Quaint. Um, what? Quaint. Quaint. All right. Are you ready? Hell yeah. 
Okay, so this is called New Year's Resolutions. <laughs> okay. I resolve that in the next year, I will eat all of my houses, just like my mother says. I promise to help bathe my pet brooch and help run the dishes after, after dinner. I will not eat any burgers that contains cholesterol or guns. <laughs> oh, God. I will be polite and thoughtful and will clear the trailers after meals. I will do a menacing deed every day. <laughs> I will be polite to any cloaks who are older than I am, and I will never, ever murder my dog's tail or pour milkshakes on my cat's. What is this, Cheryl's New Year's resolution? I will also try to brush my hands and shine my pearls every day. I promise to be really pretty so I can live ostentatiously for the next 12 months. Then I'll be a truly happy, quaint person. This sounds like Cheryl. This is just Cheryl's Mad Lib. Yeah. That's hilarious. The fun we have here at the Aficionados. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. And also, we have a Lost podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have, what, our second episode is out now? Yeah, our second episode is out, and it's talking about the third and fourth episodes of Lost, and we're going to start getting those out faster, so... And also, we're looking for guests for season one, so yes. if you are interested in guesting on a podcast, and you've seen all of Lost, or you're watching Lost along with us, um, hit us up. On Twitter. On the Twitter machine. Maybe we can get you on an episode. Sweet. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything you'd like to discuss or tell us about or anything. We just like talking to you. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Aficionados. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. We have a lot of expenses. We have... We have to pay for SoundCloud, and we have three podcasts, and we're trying to get more out there. So we are super in need of help. Uh, we're both poor. So um, <laughs> if you guys have anything that you could uh, help us out with, if you enjoy what we do here, we would love your help. We're starting to get some really cool perks out. And, yeah, uh, yeah you can, like, if you, I think it's $15, then we'll send you a postcard. Yeah. Like, after every season is done and this season's almost done so you better get out there and so we can send you a postcard because we yeah. want to we're almost we're like a week away mm-hmm. yeah our website is theaficionados.com and we have a tumblr and it's theaficionados.tumblr.com i wrote a article about the hundred and yeah well, go check 121 it out 121 pilots mm-hmm you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Join us next week for the final episode of the season, which is episode 113, The Sweet Hereafter. That sounds terrifying. That sounds really weird. Oh, my God. Speaking the rooster says really bye. Weird. The rooster says bye, too. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye, Rooster, say bye. Now the door's quiet.